Take me tomorrow, living on only time for the moment, not for the sorrow. Shake it, don't break it, beg, borrow, make it go, for everything, go. I wish I could see, lost in bourbon. Once again, I find myself staring at a blank page. I had written an entire episode that, once again, I found to be something I needed to shelf for a while. I'll dust that one off in better times and we can all look at it together, but until then, time to write something new. Yesterday, I was talking with a few folks about trips planned and trips taken, and I realized that I have a serious preference for vacations with the intent to see people rather than places. Don't get me wrong, I love being in new places, exploring and discovering, just getting lost in their history, presence, or being. But when I plan trips, I always prefer the ones where I'm going to meet up with, or especially to crash with friends or family. I'd still love to see places like Iceland, Germany, Japan, New Zealand, etc., but if I had to make a choice, I'd go see faraway friends every time. I guess the best of both worlds would be traveling to places with people, which I've done on several occasions. We've taken van loads of people out to Southern California for beaches and roller coasters. I've gone from my house to Omaha, Nebraska in a carload of insanity and friendship just to crash on the floor of a friend I hadn't seen in a few years. I've taken planes to places for specific parties and at other times to get tattoos from a friend. When I compare those trips to the ones I've taken just to see a place or experience X, I find that my favorite memories are still of the people with me on the trip and have little to do with X itself. I think that's just a part of who I am, a man of the people, or rather, a man for the people. I miss the people. I miss getting together for no reason and just spending time with humans. So I think I'll talk about that for a bit today, my favorite silly reasons I would spend time with humans. Some many years ago, during the height of the popularity of Sony's PlayStation Portable, you may know it better as the uh, nut you can play outside, my friend who I will call Jay invited me to a gathering simply known as Monster Hunter Monday. Now, Monster Hunter is a game that tells you what it is right up front. You are a monster hunter who hunts monsters. You then take the parts from those monsters and use them to make better weapons and armor so you can hunt bigger, tougher monsters. And you do this for hours. As a solo experience, I quickly set this game aside, but when I got to Monster Hunter Monday, the game changed. Four of us sat down together in a living room, and I was taught not how to play the game, but how to hunt as a party. And that's what it became. A party. Every Monday in that downstairs apartment, we gathered ourselves in a rotating cast of players and hunted. We ate food items prepared in the fashion of and named after in-game creatures. We knew each other's preferences and styles and shouted inside jokes and played the game together. As time went on, we added more players, changed locations, and organized groups for teaching, groups for advancement, and groups for tougher fights. Years passed, and we kept the tradition. Trading in our PSPs for 3DSs, we moved from title to title, and as the sequels kept coming, we kept playing. Then the day came when Monster Hunter was no longer portable. Sure, we could still play together online, but we were no longer bumping elbows mid-fight, swapping seats to plug into the power cable as needed, or eating the legendary Kutku stew. Monster Hunter World became Monster Hunter Alone. We still play on occasion, but it's just not the same. Another long-standing tradition that I have overlaps with several other hangouts, but had its own unique way of gathering everyone Katamari-style, even if they weren't with us in the earlier activity. If that activity was Monster Hunter Monday, or catching a movie, or a live show, or even just your typical Friday night party, when midnight rolled around and we were hungry, we went to Denny's. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. Denny's food has the unique ability to rumble even the mightiest of tumbles, but we were young when this tradition started and we really didn't have any other option. I think most groups have this or a similar story. A place to go after everyone else has gone to bed, when everything else is closed. You can just sit down with some friends and eat and let the earlier evening melt into memory. A place to eat pancakes at midnight or grab an unadvised cup of coffee if you were pulling an all-nighter. A place to just lay your head down on the table and have the person next to you run their fingers across your back and let you know things will be okay. My first late-night diner experiences track back to just before my high school graduation. A few friends and I were hungry after a low-key party and wanted to continue the revelry. We were young and dumb and loud, but the staff knew that the moment we walked in and relegated us to the corner booth. I have a lot of memories in that booth that include graduations, birthday parties, holding hands with loved ones, milkshakes, movies, comedy shows, and drunkenly drifting off to sleep as the other eaters continued their conversation in the booth with me. In the years where we were regulars, the staff knew us and knew what to expect, and we tipped well for their trouble. As time dragged and we dragged with it, fewer people and fewer occurrences meant a rotation of staff we couldn't maintain rapport with, and the quality dragged with it. That didn't matter, though. The midnight diners across the world are just there as vehicles to take people nowhere together, and ours was always waiting for us at the end of my favorite Friday night. For a thousand years, my favorite Friday night was always the same. School and work would conclude with the convening of a small group, just enough to play a Friday night game. These celebrations of nerdiness were often performed in basements lit by candles or college apartments adorned with string light ambiance and featured a recurring cast of my favorite humans. We'd order in a pizza and lock ourselves away, playing in whatever fantasy world we pleased until the 10 o'clock mandatory conclusion. Mandatory only because that's when the show started. A local comedy group known as Off the Cuff still holds their key performance at this time, and we were regulars. Many of us were friends with many of the cast, and we went to both support and enjoy. I met many people and had plenty of positive parties pursuing pleasing partnerships with those particular players and their patrons. God, I love alliteration. Seriously, though, we'd catch their Friday show, and as it ended, we'd always jump aboard the Midnight Diner. In my original draft of the episode for this week, I had written a small journal entry about the laziness of my weekend. I love three-day weekends and will usually fill them with activities to the point where they feel shorter than my average ones. But this particular one was an interesting blend of other people being too busy to do anything and the ever-present pandemic, so instead I holed myself up and did a whole lot of nothing. Sure, I tackled the usual weekend chores and prepped a few things for my week, but no plans meant a lot of couch time. I was planning on a long Monday morning walk, but the quality of the air was lacking, meaning it was so full of smoke that I couldn't see across the street. The fires both locally and in my neighboring states were so bad that I couldn't leave the house and be expected to breathe at the same time. So instead I sat on the couch, coffee in hand, and pondered and puzzled about a few projects. The next day brought the Rocky Mountain cold snap that took a 97 degree Friday and turned Tuesday into a 40 degree jackets required affair which, to be fair, I prefer, but it was a ruse that led to my downfall later in the week. You see, in a past life, I spent a lot of time in a boom truck. You know, the construction vehicle with a crane-like arm that features a poor fellow in a basket some 30 feet in the air? Yeah, that was me. My current place of employee knows of my time in said basket and had need of a poor fellow that could handle said basket, so they sent me out of town to stand in a basket in the air and hang a sign. 
With how cold it had been, I bundled up nicely and prepared to work outdoors. Then, because the weather is unpredictable, I found myself that exact 30 feet into the air in weather exactly 30 degrees warmer than it had been forecast. The coat came off and exposed my pallor to the potency of the sun, and as hours passed, my pail turned pink, and by the time I got home, I was lobster red. The rest of my week was equally tiring and left me in a state of lingering languor that has pursued me up until today. So when I sat down to pen this, I had thought to myself, I don't have one in me. But look, here it is. Time for the outro. Thanks as always for tuning in. This may very well be my last week on SoundCloud. They were kind enough to help me get started, but are now telling me I have overstayed my welcome. I'm out of storage space and I don't want to pay for their premium service. Honestly, it just really doesn't have the features I'm looking for. So, if it is my last week there, don't fret. I'll still post my links on social media accounts and keep people informed. I should also be able to transfer my RSS to iTunes from wherever I'm hosting, so there won't be any interruption there. Maybe this next week, I won't type anything up in advance, and I'll just write it the day I sit down. It eats up a lot of my time that day, but it really sets the mood for the recording portion. I've been told that my last week was one of my best, and I'm just as shaky about how this one will turn out as I was before the last one came out. So who knows? Leave me comments and let me know. Give me topics to discuss or just say hi, and when you sit down to pen it out, think about how I felt when you stare at the blank screen. There's something there. Not on the page, but inside of you. And when you're done, that feeling of here it is will find you. Here it is. Here it was.